Hey guys, Small Line on the Outside is a TV show podcast where we talk about a different TV show per podcast season. So if you've ever gone into our past, into our history, into our archives, if you will, you've noticed all the different TV shows that we talk about. So we've talked a lot about Doctor Who, about Sherlock, but we've also talked about 24, 24 Live Another Day, The X-Files, and now Smallville. And guess what? I have a plan for the future. I'm not going to tell you about it, though, because I want to keep it a surprise. You'll just have to wait and see. So make sure that you subscribe to this podcast, like it, review it, tell your friends about it, because the next show we talk about might be your favorite. Hey, what's up, and welcome back to Smaller on the Outside, or as I would like to call it, SotoCast, the first, the best, and the only Smallville podcast that you just can't miss. My name is Dave, and I will be the hero for you today. And while I normally have a co-host with me, this season's a one-man show, Mano e Mano, as we're covering Smallville. Last week, we took a look at the ever-important second season of the show, and this week, we're looking at possibly a much more important third season, which, as it happens, also has a season full of important events and lacks anything holy filler. So, yeah, sure, there might be some boring episodes, some mostly filler, maybe, episodes, but there's usually something that's happening in the background that's important. Uh, it's not always going to be the case, but it's nice to see it so dedicated in the beginning of the show. So, from what I can tell, the Freak of the Week format is dying down, more or less, as the show is preferring more character or seasonal arcs over episodic episodes that are forgotten in the long run. So, we'll talk about the main storyline Season 2 focuses on in a minute. But first, let's hear a word from our lovely sponsors. So, take it away, me. Welcome back. Now, just as the previous season did, and honestly what any show should do, the third season of Smallville had quite a few character arcs that kept the show afloat. Just like season two, even if an episode was boring, there was usually something in there that you needed to see, which meant that there wasn't any completely filler episodes. So while there were a very small number of episodes in the second season that were mostly filler, every episode did have something important happening in the background at the very least, which makes for another extremely strong and solid season. Again, especially for this show. Before we start talking about the episode this season, let's take a look at all the main character arcs focused on in the season. So, first we have Clark Kent, obviously. Now, as a show all about Clark Kent and his journey to become the legendary Superman, Clark is often the flattest, most predictable character on the show. He has almost no character arcs in season 3. It's almost always the same thing. Here's someone or something that needs saving, so that's what I'm going to do in this episode. The only arc that you can consider being an actual arc takes place in the first half of the season and randomly a few episodes in the latter half of the season. And that's the whole Clark and Lana romantic tension thing. He breaks up with her early on. But that doesn't really change anything because he bad sides at her, she bad sides at him, and we all have to get used to that because that's more or less how it'll be for the rest of the series. When it comes to his journey and path to his eventual future, we have a new power, super hearing, and the general idea that this season serves as a segue or a delay in Clark's development. We all knew Jarrell wanted Clark by the end of the season two, but that was suspended for a season thanks to Jonathan. Jarrell eventually got his grubby paws on Clark by the end of the season, though. Something also introduced this season, as, at least by the finale, is when Clark discovers Lex's secret obsession room with a bunch of stuff on himself. So he takes this part and decides to end his friendship with Lex, and that's basically Clark's sub-story or, or character story for, for the season. Speaking of Lex, Lex had quite an arc this season as well, and... Uh, it mostly had to do with his never-ending quarrels with his father. While a short story arc had to do with Lex actually working with his dad in Metropolis, a more major arc revolved around taking his father down for murdering his grandparents for the insurance money to actually create Luthercorp. Now, the actual storyline, this main storyline, is more or less split into a couple of pieces. The first time Lex tries to take down his father, Lionel drugs him to make him look crazy and has him committed to Belle Reeve, basically Superman's Arkham Asylum, and even goes as far to electroshock therapy him to remove the memory he has about Lionel's possible role in his parents' death. 
After that, he works with the feds to take down his dad, including wearing wires. It's eventually Chloe's taped voicemail and Clark's testimony that puts Lionel behind bars indefinitely, though. Now, when it comes down to Lionel, Lionel didn't have as much of a grand storyline as he did in the previous year, but he did have a couple of primary story arcs, and they all revolve around Clark. The entire season as a whole, Lionel had this bigger fascination and obsession with Clark than Lex ever did, or at least it seems that way. The first half of the season was more prevalent as it dealt with his blackmailing agreement with Chloe to investigate Clark. But it moved on from there in multiple ways with multiple people, including trying to get information directly out of Clark in Belle Reve, out of the Kents with Chloe's uh, special ability that she gets in one of the episodes, and out of Pete with a secret agent. None of which really work. By the end of the season, Lionel is arrested for the murder of his parents, and with retribution, he orders the hit on basically everybody responsible for his position in prison, including Lex and Chloe. Lex is poisoned, and Chloe's safe house is blown to smithereens. When it comes to Lana Lang, Lana is always on a never-ending journey to discover herself. Ever since the first season, she has struggled to discover her place in Smallville and the grand scheme of things. From her start as a basic cheerleader to owning a business, the, the Talon, and now as a whole with traveling to Paris. By the end of the season, we discover she has plans to just leave Smallville. Even though it should be for good, it's not, as we'll soon learn, but it is what it is. Her story is ultimately about leaving Smallville and to find something more about herself in Paris. Other than that, we have more Clark and Lana stuff, like I mentioned before, and the whole will-they-won't-they they question that never seems to end, so I'm not that heartbroken about her leaving the show, even though she's not. The other storyline that she's involved with in the middle of the season was her relationship with Adam Knight, played by Ian Somerhalder. This was a short arc that doesn't really affect the season or the series as a whole, but it is somewhat memorable because Adam is this guinea pig that so happens to be a dead man who keeps getting injected with uh, a variation of Clark's blood to keep him alive. He's essentially a zombie trying hard to stay alive, which keeps getting more and more difficult throughout the episodic arc. By the end, he's unable to remain alive, of course, because he's a bad guy, you know? They gotta either be put in prison, put in an insane asylum, or die, so, yeah. Plus, I mean, the whole, if there is a main female on the show, if she is dating someone, it's usually a bad guy. On to Chloe. Now, other than the deal made with Lionel Luther, Chloe didn't really have a big story this season. Once she got out of that deal, her overall use for the season kind of dithered away. She came back towards the end when it came down to her role taking down Lionel Luther, but honestly, that, that's about it. She was mostly reduced to a secondary character helper this season. Always there, but just helping for the most part. Poor Pete. Poor, poor Pete. Pete Ross. Chronically underused, he finally makes his departure in the show this season. Even though it happens in the end of the season, you barely notice because his importance in the show is so, so barely there that it's almost refreshing to see him leave. Let him find his importance his own way. The only storyline they really ever focused on with Pete and scarcely thrown throughout the series as a whole is finding himself so deep in Clark's shadow and trying to find where he actually fits in. That's more of a generic personality trait for Pete, and it's never really grown, or it, it never really evolves. It it's always just stays where it is. So I'm sad that they're never really going to try to grow his character, but at the same time, I'm glad they're getting rid of an underutilized character. Basically, if they aren't going to use him, let him be and let him leave. It's, it's sad, it's depressing, uh, but technically speaking, I think it was a smart move to get him off the show. Next, we're talking about the Kents in general, or mostly Jonathan. The Kents are probably one of the most important aspects of the third season, as the entirety of the season highly focuses on the secretive pact that Jonathan and Jarrell made. At first, you think it has something to do with Jonathan's sacrificing his health to save Clark, but it's a little bit more than that. Jonathan's health and his heart are tested time and time again because his heart just couldn't really handle the powers given to him by Jarrell. We discover later in the season that the actual deal made was to eventually return Clark to Jarrell. He just never thought the time would come so soon. So after the heart attack, the open heart surgery, falling off the roof because of his super tinnitus, 
Jonathan watches as Clark is taken by Jarrell and once again collapses unconsciously in the caves after losing Clark. But, I mean, that's about it for the primary character arcs re revisited multiple times throughout the season. I didn't mention the whole Julian Luther storyline, but just like Lucas Luther in the second season, it's only slightly interesting and not ultimately important to the series. Maybe it helps Lex grow as a person, but that's about it. There's also the whole Morgan Edge element to the beginning of the series, but again, it's just a short arc in the season that ultimately doesn't make a huge impact on the series as a whole. It is interesting to note Christopher Reeve makes his final acting role this season, reprising his role as Dr. Virgil Swan. Apart from the season in question storylines, there's also a handful of what I like to call series landmark episodes, but not even as many landmark episodes as the second series had. I'll be honest with you, there's only three landmark episodes in this season. I don't know why. I feel like they they feel like they did too much in the second season and they didn't want to do so much so quickly in the third season and not have enough to talk about in seasons to come. I don't exactly agree with that because I think this is such a universal uh, idea. There's so many ideas that they can create, not only use throughout the series. So there was unlimited potential that they just didn't use. So there is three episodes in season three that were landmark episodes, in my opinion. The first was the first episode, which dealt mostly with Jonathan's deal with Jarrell. Uh, that's talked about not only in this season, but at least alluded to in seasons to come. Um, the next episode after that was episode 10, Whisper, which was when Clark gained a new power, Super Hearing, which of course he uses a million times throughout the series. And then we have the finale, Covenant, which basically everything that happens in Covenant is important can and can be seen as a landmark episode. But that's just because it's the culmination of everything that up to that point. But it's also the introduction for a lot of things up to after that point, uh, including Lana's trip to Paris. That changes her. Uh, including uh, the whole Lionel getting put in prison. That changes the dynamic between Lex and Lionel, and also what Lionel does in seasons to come. And uh, just a lot of things that happen in this season finale are really, really important, so that's why I call it Landmark. Uh, but other than that, I wouldn't say that anything else in the season is a landmark. We do have a lot of important episodes, but not landmark. I don't know. So let's go ahead and talk episode by episode, season three. The third season of Smallville started off with the episode Exile. Now the title Exile... Uh, refers to Clark putting himself into his own self-imposed exile in Metropolis, and Lex is also on in, kind of an exile himself on a remote desert island, unable to return back home. Um, now, I call this one the one with Morgan Edge. Morgan shows up in three episodes, but this is probably the main one. This is where he hires Clark under the guise of Red Kryptonite to do evil cr criminal activities for him. Um... That's how you're going to probably remember it for the most. Clark is in Metropolis. He's on Red K. He's being bad. He is uh, kind of avoiding reality because, remember, he he has shamed himself because of what happened in the season finale of season two. That's what, basically what's going on. But what are some important things to note about this episode? We have the introduction of Morgan Edge. Shows up three times. He is the third DC character introduced in the show outside of those that were introduced in the pilot, Maggie Sawyer and Jarrell. Uh, we have a little bit more of the Lex and Helen Bryce story. While, she, while he is on an island presumed dead, Helen's in Metropolis attending his funeral, and she is doing just fine. So there's some questions regarding how in the world she ended up there, and Lex is on an island. Uh, we have a little bit more of Clark's Kryptonian scar on his chest that was introduced in the finale of the second season. That's going to be... In this episode and the next, uh, we have Jonathan's deal with Jarrell. Uh, that's ultimately kind of explained later on in the season. And the first time we have the idea that Lex is crazy in the season, which is 
kind of an idea that they show throughout the season. We have Lex killing his imaginary island mate. It's kind of funny, but at the same time, it's a hint for further further in the season when they think Lex is absolutely nutball crazy pants. Uh, a couple of memorable scenes in the scene. Pretty much any time Lex is on the island is pretty memorable in my opinion, as well as Super Jonathan. But that's only the last second of the episode. You see more of that in the next episode. So um, It's also interesting to note this is the next Red Kryptonite episode. Maggie Sawyer showing up again is interesting. Uh, but overall, it is a very important episode. So this got full points there. The second episode was the second part, or continuing on with this episode. It's called Phoenix. And the title Phoenix... Uh, is talking about Lex returning from the dead of his exile. It's talking about Clark returning to Smallville from his self-imposed exile. He's also renewed from his Cal persona. And uh, there's also a moment in the episode where Clark blasts a propane tank, exploding it, and he comes out of it unscathed, which is similar to the whole idea of a phoenix uh, burning itself and returning from the ashes. Uh, Apart from that, I call this one the one with Super Jonathan. This is where Jonathan basically has Clark's gifts and fights Clark, which is a memorable sequence all on its own. Uh, But the main things that are important to note from this episode is this is the final showing of Clark's Kryptonian scar once he returns to being Clark Kent. We have Helen Bryce's final episode. I don't really care for her episodic arc in this season because the idea is she tried to kill Lex, and it just doesn't make a lot of sense. It's out of character for her, and I think she just wanted off the show. She didn't want to show up for another season, so they probably just kicked her off the show by making her a murderer or something like that. It didn't make a lot of sense, but it is what it is. We have a little bit more of Jonathan's deal with Jarrell. We have more of the Clark and Lana stuff. They break up in this episode. Uh, we have a little bit more of Chloe and Lionel's deal together. We have a little bit more of Lex and Lionel. While uh, after Lex accuses him of a murder and points a gun at him, he decides to work with Lionel in Metropolis. Um, but, yeah. So let's move on to episode three. It's called Extinction. I call Extinction the one with the kryptonite bullets. It almost feels like when I think back to the episode, a really really filler episode but it's not and the main reason why is because there's more going on with the Lionel and Chloe relationship business relationship that they got going on there's some batting eyes and jealousy going on with Clark and Lana Lex working with Lionel for kind of the first time uh and the idea that Lex is a meteor freak is kind of pushed in this episode um they kind of introduced this idea, I think, in the first season, actually. Maybe the second, I'm not sure. But they kind of talk more about the white blood cells, the fact that he used to have asthma, doesn't anymore, the fact that he has escaped unscathed from countless impending deaths. I don't think they really talk about this much in the show, but it is very, very interesting to note. I like it a lot. The title significance itself... Extinction refers to the extinction of the race of meteor-infected people, which is what Van McNulty desires. It also refers to the near-modal wound Clark suffers from the kryptonite bullet and the possibility of the Kryptonian race in general becoming extinct. Uh, But yeah, I think it it mostly feels filler, but because it technically has important elements, I did put this at 80% for mostly important. Episode 4 is called Slumber. I call this one the one that takes place in a dream. Uh, A lot of people that watch it might think of it as the one with the skinny dipping, (laughs) which also takes place in a dream. So that's why I said takes place in a dream, as most of it is like Inception style. Uh, We have Sarah Conroy. She's playing a character that is being forced to stay asleep by her father for whatever reason and Clark has to save her like he saves everybody else the important elements in this there's a little bit more of the Clark and Lana will they won't they stuff and then we also have more Lex and Lionel business relationship they are important aspects but they are so kind of barely there that I consider this mostly filler Um, but we do have memorable aspects 
one of the dream sequences, Lex swings a samurai sword at Clark, shattering it, and you think Lex just discovered Clark's secret, and it's crazy awesome. Also, the just the vision of the red-caped monster in the dream kind of looks like the monsters in the village. Anyways, the title, Slumber, refers to Sarah Conroy entering Clark's dreams and thus forcing him to stay in them until he helps her gain the strength to fight her uncle. Sorry, not father. Uncle. Nicholas Conroy. Yep. Episode 5 of Season 3 is called Perry. It is obviously the one with Perry White. He does show up a few times throughout the series, but this is his episode. That's why I call it the one with Perry White. I consider this a mostly filler episode, but it does have some important elements to it, like we have the continuation idea that Lex is crazy. Not much, but he is going through therapy sessions, which granted makes you think he's crazy. Uh, It's also the first episode to suggest that the sun is the source of Clark's powers, because there is a solar flare going on uh, and it's affecting Clark's abilities. It actually makes him lose his ability uh, here and there throughout the episode as well, because every season Clark has to lose his powers in some way or another. Um, I almost consider this to be a landmark episode as it features Perry White, a primary Superman character, but it's more of a gimmick than anything else. Um, there's a shot of Clark walking away, and you hear the super speed sound, and you weren't supposed to see him walking. That was just something interesting that happened in the episode. Um, but yeah, title significance, obviously it refers to Perry White. But yeah, mostly filler, but it does have continuation of Lex being crazy, which is very, very important to note because it's something that they come back to later. Episode 6 is called Relic. This is the quote-unquote special one where Tom Wellen, Wellen, Welling plays a Jarrell. So this is one of those special episodes that TV shows like to have sometimes, and it takes place pretty much entirely in the past where the cast is still playing characters in the show, but they're playing different people, uh, otherwise known as their ancestors. So Clark's ancestor is obviously Jarrell, which apparently showed up in Smallville, uh, testing out the town to see if it was good enough for Clark, I guess. Something like that, anyways. Um, but again, it feels like a mostly filler episode. Why is it important at all? We have a little bit more of what's going on with Jarrell. Um, though it's not hugely important, I do feel like the drill part is more of a gimmick than anything else, but, uh, we do have something incredibly important introduced right here for Lex and Lionel. So, Lex finds out that his grandparents were murdered, and he suspects Lionel's the culprit that actually murdered them. So, this is a huge, huge part of the show, because it is focused on until the the final episode, so that's why we at least have to give it 60% or, you know, mostly filler, but still important. Um, we have some more Clark and Lana stuff, even though it's Jarrell and Louise rather than Clark and Lana. What's interesting to note, this is a special episode like I mentioned before, uh, we also see Jarrell flying, so there's a little bit more of Kryptonian flying in this season. It happens again later on in the season as well. Um, in the finale, but anyways, um, which also means in a way Clark has flown in every season so far, mostly all in dream state. This title significance, Relic is a, an object that represents the past, uh, but the title refers to jor memory pendant that sends Clark's vision of his father's past. Otherwise, anyways, this is kind of a forgettable, boring episode, uh, but it is important because of the whole... Lex's grandfather, or grandparents being murdered. Episode 7 is called Magnetic. I call this one the one with Magneto, but not really, because Magneto is Marvel and this is DC. And this guy has a little bit more powers than just controlling metal. He also has the magnetic properties of being attractive to women, or Lana in specifically. Um, which is what where the title significance is for this episode. What's important to note in this episode? More Clark and Lana stuff. Jealousy, batting eyes, whatever. But Lex's suspicions of Lionel. Continuation here. He starts working with Chloe to investigate Lionel's past. So once again, very, very important. Because now we're including Chloe into the mix. And she 
is a big part of what made Lionel get arrested at the very end of the season. So, yes, very important. So this is one of those mostly important episodes. Even though I don't really remember the uh, the magnetic guy, the Magneto guy. I really just don't. This episode also had Chloe's traditional seasonal kiss with Clark. I think, if I remember correctly, she was it was one of those times when you're trying to hide the fact that you've been snooping, so you, you're acting like you're just making out in a dark room. One of those things. But yeah, otherwise, kind of forgettable episode, but again, something in the background is happening that you can't exactly miss. Oh man, episode 8 of season 3 is called Shattered. It is a very, very important episode. It's a very, very memorable episode. Uh, Lex actually finds out Clark's secret in this episode, albeit a little bit temporary. I call this one the one where Lex is a nutcase. As I said before, we've been kind of getting hints here and there that Lex is crazy, and it kind of comes to a head in this episode. Uh, It's also Morgan Edge's final appearance in the show. Uh, We have a little bit more of the Lex and Lionel murder charge talked about at least. Um, And the first time they talk about Julian, um, which is Lex's younger brother that died when he was younger. They said that he died of SIDS, but that's not exactly... Um, the case. A couple of memorable things here. Well, actually, just one, that Lex discovers Clark's secret. Um, as far as title significance, called Shattered, in the episode, Morgan Edge and Lionel Luther attempt to shatter Lex's mind, make him look crazy, but also Lana shatters her leg at the stables from a horse stepping on it. Very important, very fun episode, making Lex look nuts, because you start off watching it thinking, oh no, He's, he's drugged, he's not actually crazy, and then you start thinking, no, he's actually crazy, and then it kind of goes back to him being drugged and getting set up, so it's a very interesting, very fun episode. Asylum is the ninth episode, and it's kind of just the continuation of Shattered. I call it the one with electroshock therapy. Uh, so basically, Lex is crazy still, but not really. He's now in the insane asylum, and... Uh, This is the episode where Lionel makes him get electroshock therapy to forget he ever considered Lionel being the murderer of his grandparents. But at the same time, he makes Lex forget about Clark's secret, of course. Can never have somebody remember it for too long. We also have the introduction to Ian Summerhalder as Adam. This is important because this is the introduction to a huge arc in the season. So this is, once again, a very important episode. What's memorable about this episode, we have return of some ba- uh, past buddies, including Jonathan Taylor Thomas, Sean Ashmore, and that meteor freak assassin that showed up earlier. Uh, even though they're mostly just gimmicks in the episode, they're not in much of the episode. It's just kind of cool to see them. What's interesting to note in the episode is that Clark loses his abilities again for about two minutes when, when he gives his powers back to Sean Ashmore for two minutes. Title significance for Asylum? Obviously, Lex is in Belle Reve, which is basically Arkham Asylum. Uh, One of the headlines on the newspaper that Ian's cart is carrying, that's JTT, it says, Themyscarian Queen addresses the Vatican. It's a reference to Wonder Woman and her home of the island Themyscira, or however you say it, and her mother, Queen Hippolyta, or Hippolyta, whatever it is. So, they actually reference Wonder Woman in this episode. If you're looking close enough. I actually had to read about this because I didn't actually catch it. So you probably didn't either. But it is an important episode. It's a fun episode. Um, Especially the scene where Lex is trying to escape the asylum and they have to zap him back to reality. Episode 10 is called Whisper. This is the one with super hearing. So it is a landmark episode. It is the one where Clark gains a new ability super hearing and the way that they do it is actually super super smart because they say when you lose one sense the others grow stronger and in this case he gets blind because kryptonite is shining in his eyes and he's he gets super hearing for the first time um so that's awesome also chloe and lionel clark overhears chloe refusing to investigate clark to lionel chloe and clark talk about the circumstances that led to her deal with lionel um We also have Lex and Lionel working together a little bit more uh, because he's now 
not insane anymore thanks to his electroshock therapy. We have a little bit more of Lana and Adam together. Lex feels responsible for the accident, you know, the horse hitting Lana, and he pays for her medical bills and asks who Adam is. We have a little bit more of Clark and, Clark and Lana because Lana explains that she met somebody. Adam! So, in general, I consider this to be a memorable episode. Nothing specific about it, just in general. As far as interesting things, um, the title significance is just Clark's power, so nothing specific there. Episode 11 is called Delete. I call this one the one with Kung Fu Lana versus Chloe. <laughs> so this episode's kind of forgettable, I think, for the most part. The only thing that I remember about the episode is Lana fighting Chloe for whatever reason. I couldn't tell you why, I just remembered that sequence. And it's because of this kryptonite code virus in an email that makes people try to kill Chloe. Um, as far as important things that happen in the episode, we have Lana and Adam. Lana rents the apartment above the Talon to Adam as he decides to move to Smallville. Also with Chloe and Lionel, mostly just suggested and proven to be the wrong theory as it wasn't any Luthers attempting to kill her. Um, memorable, we have Chloe and Lana fight. Here's something interesting though. In this episode, you discover that Lois Lane is Chloe's cousin when she decides to use her name as a pseudonym to, pseudonym to keep writing articles in the Daily Planet after she was fired by Lionel. This created the popular fan theory that she actually was Lois Lane, because technically speaking, the first time Lois Lane writes articles for the Daily Planet, it's actually Chloe. So that's actually cool. Uh, it's title significance. To delete means to erase something out of existence. You already know that. The title refers to Molly Griggs' mind control program that temporarily erased one's memory only to fill it with code to kill someone of her choosing. It also might refer to Molly's wish to eliminate Chloe. This is the first mention of level 33.1, Lex's secret lab for superpowered freaks. Lex says that Molly is in the care of people who can help her. But yeah, for the most part, this is a mostly filler episode. Episode 12 of season 3 is called Hereafter. I call this one the one with the guy who sees your death when he touches you. It's not that clever of a title, but it is very specific. It's about the guy who touches you and he sees how you're going to die. With Clark, he doesn't see anything. He just sees a cape flying off into infinity, which is awesome because it's Superman's cape. It also signifies that he probably will never die, or at least that's the idea. Uh, what's important to note, we have a little bit more of the Lana and Adam story. We discover that Adam may have previously died. Uh, also, the Jonathan and Jarrell thing. At the end of the episode, we see that Jonathan is found in the barn having suffered a heart attack. Um, so that's part of the whole Jarrell significance. What's memorable in the episode is obviously the cape flying into infinity uh, and Jonathan possibly dead because that's how the episode ends. You don't know if he's alive. What's interesting to note, um, the title significance. Hereafter refers to a future time and it refers to Jordan Cross's ability to foresee the future and the various events that occur during those visions. I do consider this a very important episode uh, for those reasons with both Adam and Jonathan. Okay, so we have Velocity, which is episode 13 of season 3. I call this one the one where Pete is fast and furious because that's basically what it is. We have street racing, we have Pete in the driver's seat, and they're using kryptonite fuel to go faster. It's basically fast and furious. And honestly, it feels incredibly filler. Like they, it, it almost feels forced because it's a Pete-centric episode, and they needed to have a Pete-centric episode. But at the same time, it's incredibly important because of the Alana and the Adam story, because it's a big piece of the puzzle. She found out that Adam was definitely dead before and is taking weird medicine that keeps him alive. If he doesn't take it, he starts to decompose or something and makes him a pretty interesting, disgusting, and uh, memorable character. His attitude for Lana looking into his life was pretty indicative of his eventual turn to the dark side. Uh, also, Chloe looks into Adam shooting up, tells Lex about it, who partners up with Dr. Tang to keep doing her research and report back to him. And even more, we have Jonathan and Jarrell because Jonathan spends the day in the hospital after his heart attack 
due to the physical toll that having Clark's abilities put on him. It's actually technically very, very important to the season, but it's super boring when it comes down to the whole street racing thing. I don't know. Uh, even though this episode's kind of important, uh, yeah, it's just not that memorable. As far as interesting goes, the title, the velocity, the rapidity of motion or operation, and it refers to the legal street racing pizza, obviously. Obsession is episode 14. It is the one with Clark's stalker, uh, otherwise known as Alicia. Alicia Baker, I think it is. Anyways, uh, she's a super media freak that finds out Clark's secret uh, when he saves her life, and then she saves him and his in, in return. Uh, but what's important to note about this episode? We have more of the Lana and Adam story. Adam has been keeping tabs on Lana and Clark in a journal. She asks him to leave. He refuses, and Lex says he'll intervene, but Adam is gone before he can. Adam has been working with Lionel to obtain info on Clark through Lana. Um, so actually, that's one of the things that Lionel was trying to do that I didn't mention. I mean, obviously, he's always obsessed with Clark. He tried to get through Clark, through the Kents, through Pete, and through Chloe, but apparently also through Lana because of Adam. Anyways, more of the Lana Clark stuff. A little bit of jealousy when Lana sees Alicia bat eyes at Clark. Whoa, who cares? Ah, oh, man. Anyways, the title it refers to Alicia Baker's obsession with Clark, uh, and the ep- end of the episode also deals with Lionel's almost season-long obsession with Clark's secret. But for the most part, it's mostly filler because those things that are important are mostly just hints at further episodes. You don't technically need to know it 100%, but it does help, so that is why I said mostly filler. Resurrection is episode 15. I call this one the one with John Q. If you've ever seen the movie John Q with Denzel Washington, you might have a better idea of why I call it the one with John Q. It's about this kid who takes a a hospital for hostage in order to get a transplant for his brother who is dying. His brother has the same problem basically as Adam Knight does. He's dead and he's brought back to life and he needs a special serum. His brother doesn't know that, but that's what he needs. Uh, As far as importance goes, Adam's not really in it, but you do learn something important, that the blood platelet meds he was taking was developed with Clark's blood. Also, the villain's brother in this episode is going through the same type of treatment as Adam, like I mentioned before, which helps unlock some part of the puzzle, but it's mostly a filler episode anyways. Uh, we also have more things with Jonathan's deal with Jarrell because not only did he have a heart attack and spend most of the time in the hospital, now he's scheduled for an open heart surgery in the episode, you know, furthering his heart conditions brought on by Jarrell. Resurrection refers to bringing someone back from the dead, and it refers to Vince, uh, his return from the dead and his brother's attempts to keep it that way, and it also refers to Clark Kent's blood and its reviving properties. Now, here's something that I kind of asked myself while watching. The kid has a bomb strapped to his stomach, but for once, the use of kryptonite really doesn't make any sense. It's a, it's a kryptonite bomb, but why not just use a bomb bomb? Why special crypto bomb? It doesn't make a lot of sense. You usually use crypto because it does something different than what you're typically used to. In this case, it's just more of the same. So, kind of silly use of kryptonite, kind of filler episode overall. I mean, it is what it is. Crisis is episode 16 of season 3. I call this one the one from the call. Oh, I'm sorry. The one with the call from the future. Uh, This is that episode where Clark picks up the phone and receives a call from Lana getting killed by Adam. But it hasn't happened yet, so he can prepare to save her eventually. Even though he has very little to go on. What's important about this episode, we have more of the Lana and Adam story. It's finished in this episode because he comes back to try to kill her. And he, uh, we also find out that Clark finds out about Lionel Luther asking Adam to spy on him. We have more of the Lex and Lionel storyline here. Because Lex, or Lex is um, framed for murder, basically. Uh, and Lex makes a deal with the FBI agent to take down Lionel instead. Kind of a silly way to reintroduce the Lionel murder story, but without Lex's memory, it kind of had to be forced in there somehow. Uh, what's memorable about this episode? We have the future where Adam kills Lana, which is really, really cool. Uh, and then in the end, when they revisit the same scene, 
and Clark runs super speed through the rain droplets in a really nice cinematography way. Uh, just really cool shot. As far as the title goes, uh, Crisis is a dangerous situation and condition. You already know that it refers to the crisis Lana is in after Clark hears a, her phone call. It also refers to the situation Lex is in after being framed for the murders uh, of Metron Labs. And it can also be referenced to the Teen Crisis Hotline, obviously, where the uh, time-traveling call was made. Definitely a very important episode, though. Legacy! Legacy is the next episode with Christopher Reeve, so that's basically what I called it. Um... I would call it a landmark episode just because it's Christopher Reeve, but you don't learn a lot more from it. It's just really, really nice to see him again, especially because this is his final acting role in general in his life before he died. Uh, as far as important things that happened in the episode, we have Jonathan and Jarrell. You overhear Jonathan saying you said there would be more time uh, because Jonathan falls off a roof hearing the buzz of the key. We still don't know exactly what the deal is at this point, but you know that it's impo uh, important and it's serious. We have Christopher Reeve, obviously, but we also have more of Clark and Lana stuff. Clark, after, you know, seeing his father almost die a million times at this point, says he doesn't want to waste time and miss opportunities, so he kisses Lana. And this is really, really random. And every time that there is a Clark and Lana point, from this point forward, it's just random, and it just feels so weird, because it's not focused on it in this half of the season. It's just, it shows up randomly, and you're like, why? They could be doing so much other things. I don't know. Anyways, the episode as a, in general is very, very memorable, so I didn't mention any specific scenes. As far as the title, a legacy is a gift or idea that one is remembered for, and it refers to the aftermath of the deal Jarrell made with Jonathan. Truth is the 18th episode of the season, and even though this is mostly filler, it's a very, very memorable episode. This is the one with Chloe's episodic ability. You know how basically everybody in the show, main character-wise, gets superpowers at one point or another? This was Chloe's. She gets the power to ask anybody anything, and they have to tell them, tell her the truth. It doesn't work on Clark, but it does work on everybody else who accidentally spills the beans to her, and she just doesn't understand that they're basically telling her that he's an alien and she's just laughing it off. What's important to realize in this episode is the Lana Paris thing. This is the first time that we find out that Lana's thinking about leaving Smallville. That's why it's not completely filler, honestly. But another important element in the episode is when Chloe coerces Lionel to confess to murdering his parents. She saves it on her voicemail, which he later deletes, but I don't think he actually does because they bring it up later on in the show. Very important elements, but overall, a technically mostly filler episode. Um, but yeah, the title refers to her ability to get everybody to tell her the truth, obviously. Memoria is the 19th episode, sorry. Uh, of the season. I call it the one with Lex's repressed memories. This is mostly a filler episode. It kind of dives into Lex's past. We have another actor who's playing young Lex and everything. And it has to do with his restrained uh, relationship with his father. What actually happened with Julian. So that's an important element of the uh, episode. Furthering the Julian side story that doesn't really matter but does help Lex grow. And we have a little bit more idea of Lex being crazy because Lex is trying to retrieve the memories he lost when he was crazy. He also kind of acts crazy when it comes down to memories of Julian standing outside in the rain in the night about to kill himself while sleepwalking. Um, it's not really a Lex is crazy episode, but it does reference it quite a bit. Um, the title, Memoria, is the Latin word for memory. It is a clear reference to the several flashbacks with both Lex and Clark uh, when they relive memories of forgotten experiences. It could also refer to the fact that Lex lost seven weeks of his memories, and this episode focused on his quest to regain the knowledge that had been erased from his mind. 
Also, this is one of the three Latin episode titles to be used in the series. The others are Obscura and Veritas. But overall, it's mostly a mostly filler episode. I'm glad that they included some important elements, but, I mean, that was barely anything. Talisman is the 20th episode of Season 3. I call this one the one with Naman. <laughs> we talked a little bit more about Naman in the second season. It's uh, the Kawachi version of Superman. And uh, this episode, we had one of the Kawachan Indians steal something that came from the caves and he got basically Clark's abilities. So he thought he was Naman, and that's what basically the episode's all about. It's also about defining who is Sagith. It's it's mostly just focused on Naman throughout the series, but now we're talking a little bit more about Sagith, and we know by the end of the episode that either Lex or Lionel is Sagith. But I mean, if you're a Superman fan, or you have any knowledge of Superman at all, you already know that. Anyways, what's important about this episode? We have a little bit of Lana and uh, her trip to Paris. Lex decides that he wants to sell the Talon as he doesn't feel the need to continue the business without Lana, who he sees is indispensable and essentially a part of the Talon. She later sells it to somebody who decides to keep it running, but that's... I mean, that's her aspect right there in this episode. We have a little bit more of Jonathan and Jarrell stuff. Jonathan uses a little bit of power left to heal Clark after being stabbed by the knife. It doesn't make a lot of sense why this happens, but it is a memorable sequence. So there is that. Um, I also think, if I'm not mistaken, I'm not, maybe not, but I think Jonathan, the actor who played Jonathan Schneider, um, he, he directed this episode, I think. Anyways, another memorable aspect of the the show is when Lex and Lionel try to grab for the knife transforms into dust upon touching it as if it were an Avenger in Infinity War. Meaning one of them is Sagith, like I said before. A talisman is a stone ring or other object engraved with figures or characters supposed to possess occult powers and worn as an amulet or charm and it refers to Polak, an ancient star blade that gives Jeremiah in the episode power similar to Clark's though it also corrupts him in the process yep mostly filler a couple of things here and there to note importance but that's about it Forsaken is part one of two of the finale and it is episode 21 it's called the one with Emily Dinsmore or the other one with Emily Dinsmore if you remember she's the young girl in the last season who used to be Lana's friend died and she's a clone uh she bring, comes back in this episode as well. She's a lot older now. She grew up quite fast, and she's still obsessed with Lana. And Clark has to save Lana again. Whatever. Anyways, in a last-ditch effort, Clark decides he wants to reveal his secret to Lana to keep her in Smallville so they can finally be together. So this is one of those moments where it's a Clark-Lana thing, and it's really freaking random, and it's like, why? Why? It just doesn't makes sense because it's not focused on in the last half of the season and every time they have one of these random times in the in the season where Clark's in love with Lana randomly it just doesn't feel fluid Uh, a little bit more of Lana going to Paris Emily wants to delay her from leaving we have Pete's last episode which would be landmark if it if he was ever really an important aspect of the show and he never really was but the main aspect of this episode that was super important was probably the Lex versus Lionel storyline. Lionel discovers that Lex has been wearing a wire uh, in order to take him down. Chloe tells Lex that Lionel ordered Morgan Edge to kill his parents, has a voicemail to prove it. Um, and Lionel is arrested in the end of the episode for the murder. Um, but yeah, very important episode. I wouldn't say fully, fully important as I think this is more of a segue episode for the important episode, which would be the finale finale. That is episode 22, Covenant. I call Covenant the one with the fake Supergirl. In general, I consider this entire episode one of the most memorable episodes of of the series, but in general, the last sequence of the episode as well is one of the most memorable sequences in the entire series. It's that whole opera song 
where Clark's joining Jarrell in the caves. Jonathan is unconscious in the caves. The Kent farm burning a symbol in the fields, uh, ending with Chloe exploding in their safe house and Lex Luthor keeling over after being poisoned, all while Lionel Luthor stares off in, in self-serving retribution, ending with him saying, Thank you. Uh, it, it was... Uh, one of the few sequences in the show that I think fondly of overall. And there's not many. This is one of them, though, that I've watched over and over again because it's just that good. Uh, another interesting note. This girl in this episode is uh, basically Kara. She, she says her name is Kara. Clark says that she is his cousin. Um, and she can fly and says Jarrell Center, and the only thing that isn't like Supergirl is that there's some romantic chemistry between her and Clark, basically restoring the Kryptonian race or something like that. And, uh, it, it's interesting, sure. It's not Supergirl, because Supergirl does show up later in the show, but it's cool to note. Anyways, this is an incredibly important episode. We have furthering the Lex versus Lionel dilemma. We have more of Jonathan Jarrell. We have more of Lana and her trip to Paris. She leaves in this episode. We have more of Clark fawning over Lana. We have a little bit of Lex versus Clark, which will be more of a storyline in further seasons, but this is when Clark finds out Lex's obsession room. Um, overall, so many important things in this episode alone, but what... Uh, so, yeah, of course I said this is a very important episode. It's one of the most important episodes in the series. One thing I didn't uh, mention as far as seasonal importance, important things that happen in the season for characters. Lex is growing, having... Lex is having a friendship relationship with Lana. I, it's like hinting at the romance they might share in a later season. But their friendship and their relationship in later seasons has always been weird. And just their friendship in this was kind of awkward. But I always found it interesting anyways. But yeah, absolutely. Very, very good season. Lots of important things. I would say it's just as important, if not more important, than the second season as far as episodes go. Um, some of these episodes I wouldn't consider very, very memorable. But then again, the same can be said vice versa because of that finale is just phenomenal. And the next few episodes are also really, really great as well, if I remember correctly from Season 4. Season 4 has some of my favorite episodes, period, of Smallville. Um, but we'll see how I like them now that I'm rewatching it for the fifth time. Uh, anyways, guys, thank you for tuning in to Smaller on the Outside. If you enjoy this podcast, make sure that you hit subscribe, like it, uh, review it on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasting needs, and uh, tell your friends about it. And come back and see what, what we're going to be talking about, because every season I talk about a different TV show. This season just so happens to be Smallville. Next season I might talk about Alias or Lost or, or something like that, because... Doctor Who doesn't even come back till 2020, so I got plenty of time to talk about other shows, so stick around. Next week, we're going to be talking about Season 4 of Smallville. Until then, guys, peace out and have a good week.